And we are live with another episode of Comic Talk. It's the show brought to you by The Key, where we talk about this week's releases of comics, whether it be DC, Marvel, or Indie. Uh, for those of you who don't know, DC Comics come out on Tuesdays. Marvel Comics come out on, uh, on Wednesdays. Indie Comics come out on Wednesdays. And we are here on Thursday, April 7th, 2022, to talk about uh, what came out this week. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and uh, I can't do this alone. Uh, never have, never will. Because uh, then I might as well just cancel the show. Nobody wants to hear just Dimitri talking. Uh, let me introduce my guests for today. We got a special two-for-one deal. Uh, on today's episodes, we got two Mannies for the price of one. We got Manny Hundress. Manny, how are you doing today? Pretty good, you know, just uh, enjoying the week so far. It's been a pretty good week in comics, and uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, today, for today, you are going to be Manny J. Is that cool? Manny J reads comics. It doesn't roll off the tongue right. as well, but I'll, I'll survive. Okay. All right. We got Manny J uh, up in here, and then we got our second Manny. For some reason, Manny's like comics. For some reason, I don't know what that is. We got Manny Batista. Manny, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk about this week's books. Not a lot this week. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's indicative of some sort of like kind of line shift for DC. Like DC was a lot less this week. Uh, there was like eight comics that came out for DC. But I don't know whether it's indicative. Some Most of the time, it used to be indicative of uh, like a fifth week, right? Mm -hmm. When there's like a slow uh, a slow turnout. Uh, but it, it hasn't been. It's been the last like two months where there's been a kind of a weird thing. Um, and I don't know whether it's a, like a line shift uh, when they're going to release like new comics. Or like DC, those miniseries haven't been coming out. Like they used to have a lot of like those limited series. Those mm -hmm. haven't come out. Like Blue and Gold just ended, right? So I don't know. Do you guys have any opinions about that? I mean, I know that last week. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just, I was just gonna say that last week was the fifth week of of, of uh, March. So I yeah. don't know if that had anything to do with anything. But that was last week, and then yeah. this week's the first. There's only four uh, four weeks in in April, as far as Tuesdays and Wednesdays are concerned. So I don't know what's going on there. Uh, was Manny B gonna say something? Yeah, I was going to say that uh, it seems like most of the miniseries that DC is putting out now are just like the Black Label stuff. Yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. Right. We, uh, I mean, even though, even though there were less comics that came out this week, there are still uh, a good, uh, like, quality comics, right? Um, and I do want to know what your guys' uh, picks of the week are. Uh, we we had, like, a... A, a lot of comic, comics come out this week, right? So we got the classics like Batman 122, uh, uh, Suicide Squad 14, if you can consider Suicide Squad a, a classic uh, uh, mainstay. Uh, we got finishes, you know, uh, the finales of certain miniseries like Devil's Reign 6. Um, we got some new titles, some new number ones like Marauders number one or X-Men Red number one. Um, we got uh, 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 Deadpool Blad Bad Blood number one. Uh, what else did we get? Uh, Batman Beyond Neo Year, number one. And then we got some like really cool indie comics like Little Monsters 2, Radiant Red 2, Rocketeer the Great Race, number one, and West of Sundown, number one. So a lot of number ones this week. Um, I don't know. Is it, is it, is it like, like springtime? Like babies are born in spring. So <laughs> uh, number ones come out in spring. I don't know. Uh, what were you guys' uh, picks of the week? Uh, Manny B, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Honestly, 
like it wasn't a great week in comics for me. I wasn't super <laughs> interested in a lot of the stuff that came out. Uh, but overall, I think I had the most fun with Strange number two. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's talk about it and uh, kind of what's going on with with Strange. Yeah, so uh, Stephen's dead. I feel like they, we had like you know months and months of like <laughs> he's gonna die. Right? Whoa, <laughs> yeah. It's not like Marvel yelled at us about it for months. No, yeah. Of course not. Uh, but uh, Kalea is now the Sorcerer Supreme, mm-hmm. uh, and she is trying to bring Stephen back because, as she tells Wanda a lot in this book, like how I think they they straight up have a conversation. How many of my friends that have died have come back to life? Right. And he goes like all of them, and she goes exactly. Uh, but in this issue, she fights uh, a uh, zombie thunderstrike. Uh, who is summoned back to life by, uh, and they they call they call this this being uh, the the basically opposite sorcerer supreme that has been made by death specifically so that we don't bring strange back right uh, harvest man. Issue, harvest man, yeah right? yeah yeah uh, and this issue was just cool I thought the fight was cool I really like Kalea as the sorcerer supreme so far I think she's badass yeah and I think that the that the end of this were she basically declares war on every on anybody who's going to mess with magical earth. I thought was really really cool. Uh, uh, it's just a solid issue. You call her Kalea? Yes. Okay. Honestly, I call her I, I call her Clea. What What do you same, guys? Same. I was going to say Clea, but I mean Clea sounds Clea. Cal- that that yeah. sounds better. It sounds more magical. So it, honestly, it sounds like it's better. Yeah. To call her that way. Yeah. I uh, maybe maybe I'll. Maybe I'll change it. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to change my pronunciation of it. but uh, and, I, and that's honestly, like, another thing I was going to say is, like, I know nothing of, of her. Uh, I haven't read anything with her in, mm-hmm. in the past. And uh, having, re- reading, like, Death of Doctor Strange and then now reading Strange with her, it's got me excited to learn more about her. Like, I, I'm probably not going to go back. I, I talked about this last time with you, but uh, I, I don't really like to go back on back issues. But I am excited to learn more in the future of her because, again, she's just like you said, she's just a badass. And the way that she felt uh, so offended, I guess, by the end of this issue and, and how she reacted to that is like completely different than how Stephen Strange would react. Right. right. And, and it's like, yeah, this is not Stephen Strange. This is a new source of Supreme. we got a new person here and she's going to deal with things the way she deals with things. Did we talk about this last time you were on this? Did we talk about Strange number one? So. was that your week i think so it's been about a month okay because last time i did like strange number one i did uh stranger number two uh it's okay it's kind of like a sophomore kind of thing where it's like the first one hits big and the second one it's like okay now we're moving the story forward uh there's not going to be a resolution it's fine it's number two it serves the purpose of number two um but uh uh i liked it i liked uh Clea as uh, as Doctor Strange or as the Sorcerer Supreme. I, I, I wonder that, if the whole Thunderstrike that just seems random to me. Mm-hmm. Do you think it all, like because they showed the the who was that the second or something? Well, they showed the second oh. who's the son of the first. So Eric okay. Masterson's the first Thunderstrike. Kevin Masterson's his son who became Thunderstrike like seven five to seven years ago. Like he just popped up okay. once and they were like, oh yeah, you're Thunderstrike again, and then that was it. He hasn't really appeared much since. Do you think they're laying the groundwork for something, or if it's just random? I feel like we're. I feel like it'll go somewhere. I feel mm-hmm. like that. Like there was too prominent of yeah. 
uh, of a thing in this issue for them not to take that somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and I'm here for it. I think it's interesting. Um, I think it's interesting that like, if you, if you take the meta kind of aspect of these characters come back to life, right? All these mm -hmm. characters come back to life. So in the Marvel universe, all these characters come back to life. Not only are they, if they're important characters, like Tony Stark will never stay dead. Steven Rogers will never stay dead. But also they come back if there's kind of a purpose for them in the universe. So this is kind of an in-universe explanation and externally in our universe, like the creators will only bring back Eric Masterson if there's a point to bring Thunderstrike. But in our universe, just like in their universe, in our universe, if there's somebody else that fits the role, those characters don't come back. So Kevin Masterson is Thunderstrike now. There's no reason to bring back Eric Masterson for good. He's dead. Right. And I think he'll stay dead unless there's a reason to bring him back, which probably won't be because you already have Kevin Masterson. Uh, somebody's going to have a Thor run and give it like five years and they're going to go, man, I really miss the original Thunderstrike. It happens all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's if they create, they there's a role for them. So like right. if there's a purpose for their existence, they'll come back to life. Kind of like in the Marvel in the Marvel universe, same thing. So could we get a road trip buddy comedy kind of thing with Eric and Kevin, father and son, traveling around with uh, Thunderstrike, sharing Thunderstrike? I don't know. Is that even possible to share that mantle? To sh share, I don't know. To share the <laughs> hammer, I don't know. Yeah, like they're both gonna reach for it at the same time. It's yeah, be a whole thing. Yeah, one <laughs> twin situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who knows? But I think uh, I think Strange Two is a good pick for uh, for pick of the week, uh, so that's fair. That's fair. And I think Manny makes a good point about this book in that it feels so different from Stephen Strange, and that's what I want out of a changing of any given mantle. Yeah. Is I want the book to feel very very different. I want because there's no point in changing that around if you're just going to do the same thing with a different, with like a like a palette swap character. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think and this feels so different from a bunch of other Doctor Strange stuff that it, it sort of gets me a lot more behind this than I would otherwise. Right, and it, and it still has a Wong there to kind of bring her down to to be that Doctor Strange uh, level, I guess, yeah. you know, like right now she's she's trying to bring him back and he's just like, hey, maybe uh, focus on your roles that you're supposed to be focusing on and right. worry about Steven later. So that, that kind of, I feel like it does, it's a good dynamic. Uh, I like how Wong has kind of, uh, 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 been kind of pushed to the to the front a little bit more lately because of the Doctor Strange movie. I've, mm -hmm. I, I I think it's because of the Doctor Strange movie. Absolutely, yeah. Right, one hundred percent. And he's getting respect though. That's nice because he used to be loyal manservant Wong, and it's like, eh, <laughs> I like Wong being Sorcerer Supreme in the MCU. Great. I hope I hope Doctor Strange never gets it back. <laughs> I don't think he needs oh. it. He might. You know? I might be pushed away from it, especially with the whole, I don't know, I don't know what to expect from this uh, multiverse of madness, but yeah. he's, he's going to be a little bit too busy to try to even earn that title back. Yeah, so. that's true. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how this all works. Um, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the best. Um, uh, did you guys get your tickets for multiverse of madness? Cause I haven't gotten it yet, but I also have AMC a list. So I don't normally fret. I'm just like, so what? I don't see it at ten o'clock. I'll see it at 
I'll see it at 1 a.m. if I need to. AMC will all, like in my area, will just create more auditoriums. They never sell out, sell out. Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't watch, I don't like to watch movies, like release dates, like no matter how great or how, like, I don't want to hear spoilers or anything like that. I don't like crowds. I've always, I've always oh. hated going to a release date and uh, people are loud. You know, like it is a great feeling uh, in a movie theater when someone, like something happens, like uh, Captain America picked up the hammer and everybody went crazy. But if I would have been in that, um, that theater, I'd be like, everybody shut up. They're still, they're still fighting. <laughs> like, oh no. I want to hear what they're saying. <laughs> there was an energy. I was there. Like I love premieres. I love premieres yeah. and I love midnight, like late night premieres because everybody there is there because they want to be and they're pumped and right. there's no kids for the most part, like at a 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. show, like I'm all for it. Um, uh, no, I tried to avoid that. Like you're saying that with the kids, yeah. And I did that with Batman, you know, to kind of get off a little bit off topic, but like I went to Batman a little bit later and there still ended up being like these little three, four year olds behind me. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Come I, on, I missed a premiere once and I had to see it. I had to see, uh, uh, sorry, I was testing this out. Uh, I had to see like X-Men Days of Future Past, like a day late. I decided to see it on a Friday night um, instead of a Thursday. And I was so pissed. I was so pissed. Um, it was because, and I wasn't pissed at my ex for it because uh, we were together back then, but uh, I wasn't pissed at her for it. But like, she was like, I can't do the Thursday night like thing. And right. so we'll go Friday. And so I had gone to work on that Friday and there's this girl at work, like who I worked with, who was just like, oh my God, it was so great. It was so cool. And I'm like, Man. I just, I, I was like, I, I should have been there, but okay, fine. So we go to the Friday night movie and uh, a baby is crying in the audience. And, what are you doing? and like, nice it's baby. packed. It was going to be packed either way, whether it's on the Thursday night or the Friday night, but I'd rather be packed on that Thursday night and be right. there. Uh, so the baby's crying, won't stop crying. I give it like five minutes and it's like straight crying. And I'm like, I, I go to the security and I'm like, all right, Hey guys, uh, there's a baby crying. And like, the movie's gonna start soon so uh i'm sorry i'm sorry the baby's probably <laughs> what five now seven now yeah. how long has it been uh and i apologize to the baby probably watching this right now just like i'm so sorry that was me <laughs> yeah either that or like they're like i found you you motherfucker i found watch you back. yeah watch your back dimitri <laughs> i'm coming the for you, you go to the next one you go to he's gonna be there kicking kicking your, your seat just yeah. a little bit. oh oh yeah yeah or he's right behind me with a knife to my throat. He's like, kick me out now. Kick me out now. <laughs> uh, anyway, point being is, uh, I like to see it the night of. So, you know, that's me. No. I don't know if Manny B agrees. Couldn't be me. Absolutely not. I'm like super delayed on everything. I go watch it at my convenience. I'm not really concerned about being super current with that kind of stuff. You're going to get spoiled, though. Manny gets it. Absolutely. <laughs> maybe maybe it's a Manny thing. <laughs> uh, no. But you're going to get spoiled, though. Both of you guys. Oh, I'm very careful. Very careful online. How are you going to do it on TikTok? How, like, both of you guys got TikToks. You're not going to be able to scroll. When That's fine. Multiverse That's fine. Madness comes out, you're going to get all of it. The second I see any character, even if it's, like, Doctor Strange from the first movie, nope, nope, nope. Uh, for me, I get so jaded with the constant need to overanalyze every single piece of preview yeah. material prior to the movie yeah. that I just like don't care about spoilers because that's everybody intentionally trying to spoil it for themselves. Right. So, 
Like, I'm good. I'll, I'll like, like, I watched Spider-Man No Way Home knowing that the, the rest of them were in there. I wasn't even mad. I was just like, man, this is just like a good movie. Yeah. I mean, when I went and saw Spider-Man No Way Home, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't like, oh, they'll never be in it. And they were in it. But I was like, I'm going, I went in with low expectations and I was like, whatever happens, happens. I'm not going to expect the cameos. Mm-hmm. So wait, has everybody here seen it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when, when Matt Murdock came on, I'm like, I was, I was pumped. I was excited. I was like, that was a surprise to me, even though I had heard through the grapevine, he could pop up. I don't believe that stuff because people have right. their own shit theories on like, whatever. Uh, and then they were like, you know, these, these two, uh, you know, uh, uh, Toby and Andrew could show up. And I was like, well, if they show up, they show up. And if they don't, they don't. And I'm fine. And then they showed up and I went wild and I love that. So yeah, I, no, I, I feel like a lot of people just want the 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 brag the bragging rights. Say like, I had called it, but it's like yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh, as far as the comics uh, pack for this week, uh, Manny J, you got a uh, you got a uh, uh, pick of the week. For me, uh, it's also Mar- Marvel really took over my my picks all through everything, like my pool and everything. Yeah. And for me, it was Moon Knight uh, number ten, which is continuously. Um, surprising me I, I haven't read any moon knight before this volume mm. uh same here this so is my I first think, time yeah and it's it's a good read like especially like you don't have to know anything about him to really enjoy uh just very frankly his his badassness like he is just constantly surprising me with what he does how he reacts to things and um and again his ruthlessness he's just he's i, I would say from what i've read he's the most ruthless superhero Okay. So far. All right. Fair, fair. Uh, I like the fact that this is a quality series and Moon Knight is out like the, the mm-hmm. Disney Plus show. So people can like, it's really nice when you can say like, hey, did you like the Moon Knight show? Hop on this volume and right. like get like, that's how you get people in the comics. Right. But the volume has to be good. And this volume is good. And the good thing about this volume, I say it all the time about Moon Knight is that the stories, each issue is pretty much self-contained there's an overlying storyline but for the most part each issue does not depend on the, the last one it doesn't depend on the next one it's it's a good issue singly like a, a single issue yeah mm-hmm. yeah this one was wild though because like <laughs> i i didn't know what to expect because i've never i've never dealt with winner is the guys did we all did we all read this no oh okay uh, i'm just behind on this series yeah that's all I would, like I've been reading this, I'm just a couple issues behind. Yeah, I mean the premise of this 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 uh, run is that it's Moon Knight without Kanchu, mm-hmm. like Kanchu is dead or Kanchu is gone. Ganshu, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, yeah. Uh, sorry, Manny Manny J. Would you? What were you saying? I was gonna say we can end the show there. Like that was great. Though. <laughs> that, that's it. No, um, I was gonna say how how do you feel about spoilers for this? I, I don't want to give too much away, but it's just like, you know, the, in this one, Moon Knight, like he said, he's he's got he doesn't really have Kanchu anymore, but he's still doing his thing. He's like going to therapy to kind of still kind of work out his issues with what he did. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't read this, but like apparently he went up against the Avengers. Uh, yeah. So that's the only other run of kind of Moon Knight related stuff that I've read. And uh, last like. A couple years ago, he went up against the Avengers because Khonshu told him to that now is the time. Take all the moon power, take all the power, redo the Earth in Khonshu's name kind of sort of thing. So Moon Knight ended up getting a power boost 
and then he he like took Mjolnir and he like he messed people up and so um and in the end the Avengers defeated Moon Knight and so uh, and then I think they all defeated Khonshu something like that interesting yeah well you know so he's just like kind of picking up allies along the way it's only 10 issues in but I've noticed that most not most but like a few of his allies have been ex-Hydra members right oh, okay like, and I'm, I'm wondering if that's a thing. I, I, I try to yeah. see something in everything. And yeah. the fact that like at least two of his his new teammates are Hydra members, it's like, what's going on there? Yeah. Um, is it kind of a, like a redemption for all of them? Because even Moon Knight kind of, like you just said, he went up against the Avengers. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's just, just a great issue. And then this uh, variant cover with Spider-Man as, as Moon Knight. Uh, is that the Arachnite from Infinity Warps? I would say yes. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. That was actually my first introduction to Moon Knight. Oh. Was reading the, the 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 swap stories. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you could say that, but I don't know if it's officially that's who it yeah. is. I don't know. If Manny B knows. I've seen the cover and it looks like a different character. Oh, does like it? like, a, like a, the costume is is different. Oh, okay, right. okay. Um, um, yeah. Uh, I forget what I was gonna say uh, about this, but. Uh, uh yeah this is just a pretty uh pretty damn good run uh he's putting together oh i remember he's putting together his team and that's kind of what these last like however many issues were what's this moon Knight 10 issue 10 mm. uh you know he's putting together kind of a team of people he can trust of a guy who doesn't normally trust people right and mm. there is a kind of redemption thing where he's not writing off certain bad guys he's writing mm. off others like at the end of this issue, he's like, fuck you, man. And then that was it. But yeah, he was like, you, you literally murder people. So nah, nah, I'm not, I'm not cool with you. Um, but like, he's putting together other like people to redeem. Um, and it reminds me a lot of Ant-Man. Ant-Man did a, did a, had a run where he, cause Ant-Man's an ex-con, right? So he's like, okay, maybe you're a bad guy, but you're not an outright murderer. Let's turn over a new leaf and I'll give you a job for, for his, um, whatever his, whatever his, his, uh, organization was, I think it was XCON. I think it was called like XCON, um, something like that. I, I could be making that up, but anyway, the point being is he hired bad guys there too. And so it's kind of nice to see that, like, these aren't guys that deserve the end of the Punisher's bullet, you know? Like these are guys who made mistakes and hopefully will turn their life around. We got to give them the chance. They still have a chance to turn it around. Yeah. Like said. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike the guy at the end of this issue of Moon Knight, where it's like, nah. Which the, the guy at the, at the end of this issue, ha- have you ever heard of him before? I've never heard of him before. I feel like, I feel like there's, there's a couple of uh, villains that come out in this series so far that I feel like they, they just introduced them so Moon Knight can just be ruthless and just, and yeah, you're out. It's I think like, they've been on, like, not ongoing villains, but villains that pop up every so often in random things. Like, supposedly this winner, this winner guy, he popped up in, like, this author has written this character before in a previous series of something and then brought him over to this. And so, like, there's, like, things like that. Authors do that with heroes or villains that they created. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a... It's a so different variants of a of a nepotism, I guess. Yeah, because Jeff Johns does that with his characters. He'll bring them into like like uh, the, if he writes a team book, he'll bring in the characters he created into the team book. Um, Bendis, uh, Bendis all the time. Bendis, Jason Aaron. Yeah, 
uh, when they're writing the team books, they bring in the characters that they created and, and kind of, you know, throw that in there. So eh, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, uh, Moon Knight was a, was a good one. And it's nice to be able to recommend something that you can stand behind. You're like, you know, um, mine, my pick of the week has to be what's in my background behind me. Um, uh, last time Wonder Woman Historia of Amazon's book one came out like three, four months ago. And I didn't read it the week it came out. I read it the week after. And I told everyone I was like, even the week after's comic talk, I was like, I should have said this was my pick of the week for the previous week. I was like, I missed it. I didn't read it when I came out and I was missing out. And I told myself, like, I'm going to read this book too for um, um, for this episode of Comic Talk. Cause I'm like, I'm not gonna miss out this time. This is my pick of the week. Um, and although there were, and as an X-Men fan, there were some good X-Men stuff this week. Wonder Woman Historia, Amazon's book two is black label. And um, it has uh, some variant covers uh, and it continues where book one left off. And it's the early days of the Amazon. The art is amazing. Like next level art. What's that? Shout out to Phil Jimenez. Is that Phil Jimenez? Yes, okay. I'm pretty sure. Was it Phil Jimenez in the first book too? Yes. Okay. And then, uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, something Sue DeConnick? What's Kelly her? Sue DeConnick. Kelly Sue DeConnick is, is the writer on it. Did you read this one? I looked through it, but I'm waiting for the hardcover to read all this. Yeah, that's uh, fair. I don't like reading black label books by themselves. Yeah. Question about black label books. They're released in single issues as squares. How are they released when they are put into compilations? Actually, I think I can show you one right behind me. Nice. They look like this. Wait, let me uh, let me bring up Maine on this. Okay, so that's a question black label book that Maine yeah. and B has, and it comes out in a hardcover square. Is that how it works? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a deluxe kind of... Um, uh, yeah, it's the same format. You know. They don't like shrink it or anything for the hardcovers. They keep it the same format as the single issues. Okay, I like that. I love that. Um, gotta have that. It's it's Cold Stone up in here. You know, <laughs> do you guys you guys got Cold Stone where you guys are at? Yes, a little bit too far away. Okay, well, like it, love it, gotta have it. You know, those are the three sizes. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was I saying? Uh, yeah, this this book it's so good and it. Right before the show, as I was reading it, I was I came up with this big long monologue. I don't want to I don't want to bore anyone with it, but I I think that we are seeing more women in our comics, more women writing it, more women drawing it, more women characters. They're they're being done in a certain way that's amazing, and it shows just a different side. And I just can't help but feel that like uh, men have driven storytelling for such a long time whether it's in the characters as writers that like, I feel like we're in the old world Europe being like, Oh no, the new world exists. We're missing out of half of this like globe. Right. By like skipping these women uh, led stories. And uh, 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 this, whether it's X-Men red, which focuses a lot on storm this week, uh, whether it's the Marauders, which is a primarily female X-Men heavy book. Like the team is is primarily female. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not skipping it, and I'm not the, that type of guy to be like, oh, eh, it's it's for girls, because I feel uh, like I'd be missing out on the best shit. 
Uh, I mean, Kelly Sue, the writer of this, has been doing it for a minute. Yeah. Uh, and all of her stuff's been good, or mo- an overwhelming majority of her stuff's been really good. Uh, so I'm glad to see that she's continuing that on this book. Yeah. What was Manny Jay going to say? I was just going to say, uh, I feel like I find it hard to believe that there's anybody still alive that that has that kind of thought, like, oh, a girl did it, then it's not as good as yeah. whatever. Like, but um, no, I agree. I've been reading Captain Marvel, which Captain Marvel Annual just came out this yeah. week as well. Yeah. Um, and this is the annual dives into something that you know a storyline that I hadn't read. So it, to me, this was the most disappointing out of out of all of them, and out of thirty seven issues of this volume, uh, that's the first time I can say that. And and it's just only because I don't know the backstory behind it. It wasn't a bad story; it didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth or anything like that. But it was it was a great good story. It's just I didn't know anything. It, I didn't I didn't personally connect to it. Um, what was it about? I see the Star Jammers on the cover of the Captain Marvel annual. But so there's there's this there's a girl named something Vel. I, I forgot her name already. Uh, but it's someone that Captain Marvel had saved before. Okay. And and so she got caught up on something um, and was was running away from from some government officials like in, in space. In space, yeah. And uh, she she got onto the Star Jammers. They were like, hey, yeah, we can help you out. Uh, but of course, they got caught. They were all put in this prison. And so it begins with with uh, Carol putting herself in that prison on purpose so she can find this girl. Um, she's I don't know if you guys know would know who she is. She's a blue skinned girl. Um, she's Cree. Yeah. Is she is she a, yeah. is she a daughter of Marvell? I don't know. If or she's is it Janice? Is it no? It's not Janice Vell. Is mm-hmm. it um, the son? Janice Vell's the son. Who's uh, who's the one on Guardians? They call her they call her beans because she likes Philavel. I don't know if that makes if that that jogs anybody's memories, but she the girl really likes jelly beans. So like, oh, it's a little girl or it's a woman. I would say she's a teenager. Okay, so it's not Philavel. I wonder who it is. Okay, but you know that's the story. Her breaking her out of prison and then like that and it was just a one shot, of course. So, uh, so by the end of it, I was like, I don't I don't know what just happened. It wasn't a bad story, but it's not great. It's, yeah. it's it was what it was. Annuals like, are hit or miss, off. right? Like annuals right. are kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. You never know. It's, but but the whole point is that Captain Marvel itself has been a, an amazing run, and this okay. last issue was a, also a single issue with a. Have you guys been keeping up with Captain Marvel? No, uh, mostly like the first arc had to do with like magic or something, which was amazing. Was it good? <laughs> I don't like magic, so I was like, I didn't know exactly what to do. But is it worth? Is it worth reading? I'll go back and I'll absolutely. binge it. I'll binge no, it if you say. Because because uh, Carol apparently before that story arc had like seen the future. She saw that Ove is this magic user that would destroy the Earth or okay. something like that. And so she's been scared of magic, and that's why she went to Doctor Strange to to learn magic, mm-hmm. uh, so she can prevent all this from happening. Um, you get a lot of people coming into this uh and and that's also when you when you discover like carol's friend group which is like spider woman um oh man her her like half sister that's cree she's a half sister that's cree okay that's yeah. a that's a new thing right in this volume yeah okay yeah no and then um there's always there's i always forget the other two girls i'm sorry but uh they're like her group to go to when they had when there's like a one shot like a filler episode basically she calls them up in in the the storyline that you're saying it's actually how it starts spider woman sees that she's been uh, a little bit depressed about the future that she saw so she's like hey you need a girl's trip 
and uh, she calls all these women together and they go do um, a whole bunch of things. I can't really remember. Okay. But they do the same thing in this last issue, uh, 37, which mm. is called Broad, Broad Trip, which is also a road trip. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's this new character named Binary that was created from Carol's energy. Okay. So she is not human. She's not alien. We don't know what she is, but she's learning human characteristics like that someone someone comes up and like says uh you know you look better in a skirt <laughs> and uh and the girl binary just immediately punches him like it, like a super punch yeah. to this human and you know carol's like you can't do that you uh you know he deserved it but you can't do that right and like so that's what the road trip is about to try, try to teach her humanity and uh so it was really good and I, I believe kelly is kelly thompson the writer of this of, of the series, I don't know. It was a different writer for this annual. I'm, I'm looking at yeah. it. Um, but okay, okay. Uh, I think I might, I think I might uh, hop on then. I'm gonna have to binge a lot this weekend, but. I think it I was Kelly Thompson. Kelly Thompson, and she, Kelly Thompson has been doing really great in other books as well. Okay. Is, is she also the one on uh, Black Widow? Yes, okay. Yeah, and which I've, I haven't read it, but I've heard really, really good things about it. Uh, someone keeps trying to convince me to read it, and I just I'm just being stubborn. Yeah, I really liked <laughs> I, her Hawkeye back uh, when she was doing the Kate Hawkeye stuff into West Coast Avengers. Mm. A lot of that stuff was so good. Well, because Kate is in um, he's in Black Widow, uh, or at least appeared like what? No, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, Aranya, uh, not Aranya, Spider Girl now yeah. uh, is in the new Black Widow run, including a new character that has like electric power. I think. And then Yelena's in it. So like, uh, I love I love when like solo superheroes have a supporting cast because you need it to keep things interesting. Because you can't have a Black Widow series where it's just Black Widow just going from adventure to adventure. But like, you need a supporting cast. Even Punisher gets a supporting cast sometimes, right? And those are the better Punisher stories, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you can, you, like, especially with Black Widow, you can have like a one or two issues of her doing like her spy stuff i don't know like being very sneaky and doing her thing yeah but it's, it's always good to see her within a dynamic of a yeah. group of people and how she reacts to other people yeah and also who she let in like, yeah I, i'm a big fan of like who's friends with who who's best friends with who and then who's also like hooked up with each other it's kind of like just a fun thing you know you're gonna if you do read captain marvel then you're gonna love it especially okay. for every everything you just said okay every, good like, literally, literally everything you just said good because so. uh because um that was Captain Marvel. Did you anyone read She-Hulk number three? Because I'm going to tie I that did. in. Okay. Uh, we. Could, uh, I want to hear what you you have to say about She-Hulk number three. Um, I also just like the fact that like She-Hulk is friends with Patsy Walker. Yeah, uh, this book is a lot of fun. Um, I really like Rainbow Rowell from her stuff on Runaways, mm. uh, and in the in a similar vein to what she did on Runaways. In this, it seems like she's taking an old story and bringing it back to the forefront in a really interesting way. Uh, and here it's the Jack of Hearts stuff. Uh, and uh, I really like She-Hulk's dynamic with Jack of Hearts in here. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really cute. And even just seeing that, like, like you said, I like when heroes are like feel like genuine friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and like, the, the people in her like old Avengers crew are people that she clearly really cares about. And I really dig that. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm, I just like that we're getting back to like Jennifer Walters proper. Right. Uh, because for a long time we had her as like, she putting more emphasis on the Hulk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I like that now that she's like a proper 
freaking lawyer. Yeah. Uh, going back to being like super confident and everything, even the, the, the beginning of this issue with the, the Ben stuff. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really cute when Ben calls her and he's like, hey, I've got like a very simple problem. He's like, can you? And then like Quicksilver calls her right after. Yeah. Uh, I think that this book does a great job of balancing the sort of fun She-Hulk that we know from like before Jason Aaron did what Jason Aaron do. Right. Uh, and giving us a story that we can really sort of get interested in and get behind because I really want to know what's going on with Jack of Hearts and where all of that's where all that is going. Right. Because uh, like I like I, I I don't know what I've said with you guys before, but basically DC and Marvel kind of tackle these things differently. But what we what we like are relationships, right? Like sure we like punching punching and blasting and all that stuff, but what keeps you going year after year is this relationships, right? The 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 development of characters and their relationships. And sure, like the Tumblr scene, the tum- Tumblr crowd of of fans they created their own like like head canons and fan fiction because they were de- being deprived of relate like proper relationships in their comics for so long i think and so you create that and you're like okay what about the bat family what are their relationships like um and like now we're seeing more of that right with uh-huh. in the actual comics it's actually canon and so uh-huh. when it comes to she hulk uh, well, oh, what I was going to say is that the Justice League are friends, like through and through, and the Avengers are just co-workers. And sometimes these characters create friendships with people they have been on teams with, but they're not friends with everybody. Like, She-Hulk is friends with 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 Ben Grimm. They, they were on the Fantastic Four together for a little bit, right? And I like that. That's nice. Uh, but then She-Hulk also calls out Jack of Hearts being like, hey, why'd you come to me? Because, like, we've never really been close. <laughs> You know, they're not trying to shoehorn that they've been friends for so long. Yeah. It was like, no, nah, yeah. you're just like a coworker. You know, <laughs> we've all had coworkers that like hit us about the blue, and they're, you're like, are you trying to sell me on an MLM or something? Is this, <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> so uh, it, it's kind of nice. It's a breath of fresh air. This the She Hulk number three, and I know it's in time for the She Hulk show. It comes out in I think August or something. Yeah, and it makes sense to bring you back to like the the regular status quo before we get that. Yeah, uh, but I'm here for it again. I like the book, and also the art on it is also really good. Yeah, uh, I like, like the covers. Good. I haven't been reading the book, but the covers by uh, Jen Bartel. She yeah. does a great work almost every single time. Like, there's there's very few of her work that that I would be like, ah, I don't like it. For yeah, most part, it's one hundred percent. Um. Did you guys uh, have another book that you guys wanted? Any anyone read anything else from DC? Because DC only had like eight stuff, like eight no. comics that came out this week. I read two more things. Uh, <laughs> did y'all read Batman Killing Time oh, number two? Uh, I no. did. Yeah, I like really don't like this book. No, no, you don't. <laughs> I like Is it really. Talking? Yeah, you can't. You can't do Batman, dude. I'm so hit or miss on his stuff, and I'm like really missing on here. Because it's doing the Tom King thing where he's trying to be like, bro, like I'm hip and literary, man. But at, at the expense of like the act, like actually following the fucking book. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it, if, or at least for me, that's how it felt. Because yeah. a lot of this is uh, dry narration, which is Tom King's specialty is making narration that makes me want to fall asleep and not read the book. Okay. Uh, particularly in this book, because I don't know who exactly the narrator is. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that it's so horrendously dry means that I can't take any context clues from it. You know what I mean? 
Right. Uh, do you feel and like so, it's being written for a graphic novel? Is that kind of the... Absolutely. Also, like, you're not Tarantino. This isn't Pulp Fiction. Stop doing the time bullshit. Oh. There's a lot of time jumps in this, right? There, yeah. There's a lot of time jumps that don't need to fucking be there, Dimitri. <laughs> Number one, like, I'll give you an example, man. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene where Batman is interrogating Killer Croc. He's mid-interrogation, right? And you're like, okay. The scene after that is the scene right before that, where he just walks in to go interrogate him. And Gordon says, like, don't hit him real hard. And then Batman's hitting him real hard. Right. And I was like, there is no point to doing that except for, like, annoying the crap out of me. And because it, now it I'm trying to, like... Works better like in a visual medium like a, a movie or something like that would probably be better but not even he just does it too often in here because it's a 20 page book and he time jumps like every like two or three pages you're right uh, yeah uh, even more so because he time jumps a lot in let's say uh batman catwoman right like that that book jumps pretty frequently he does it more in this one issue than in that book it, it like really bothered me and i and i'm really having trouble piecing it all together because one, then like I sort of glaze over on the narration, even though I'm like trying to follow it. And two, like it's we're jumping forward, back, forward, back at the same time, forward, back a thousand years, six months, two seconds. Right. Uh, I think that's the point of this, though, and understandably annoying, right? But I, mean, I think the point is, I think he's supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's playing around with time a little bit in order to to uh, kind of uh, uh, obscure the mystery. Because there is a mystery and some weird ass things that are going on in this story. I think he's trying to obscure it so you don't figure it out. But I'm sure at the end of this whole six issues or whatever this is, I'm sure they'll compile it and it'll make sense. For me, that's not a good mystery. If the only way you have to obscure it from me is to jump around in time every three pages and make me not want to read the book. Like you actively make this book hard to read and not in like a fun, interesting, I'm putting together the pieces kind of way. Yeah. Because you need to give me enough pieces to want to put together. Right. right. So here you're giving me, yeah. yeah, you're giving me a page, two pages, a page, two pages. And then like, again, the, the time jumps are so vast. Like I'm kind of interested in what that, like we jump back a thousand years and we're seeing some wild shit go on. A thousand oh years shit. I forgot about that. There is a thousand year a time jump to the past you're right i thought, I you, thought were you were exaggerating i thought you were just exaggerating right now no, no. you're right the, the part where the women eat the men right yeah you're yeah. like what the fuck is that that's kind of interesting yeah but we don't get enough it's of like an ancient greece thing yeah that's so funny you brought that up i i forgot about that uh about that part because it mattered nothing to the plot as far as this issue is concerned yeah, as far as you know. Yeah. As far as I know, it doesn't. I mean, sure, it, I'm sure it's going to connect somewhere. But as far as the issue is concerned, and we're reading it issue to issue, right? That's kind of the purpose of the show. Uh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. You know, you know, you have a bad mystery if, if you're trying to hide the mystery so you don't, so people don't solve it too quick. I guess yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like, so right. Man, that, I'm very glad I didn't pick up Killing Time. Like, yeah, maybe wait till the trade. Because, mm -hmm. like, Tom King in general writes for the trade, but I feel like this book in particular is, like, definitely going to be one that needs to be read in one chunk. Yeah. Uh, I like the art, though. My, that's what I was going to say. My son, David Marquez, kills it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's oh, been yeah. killing it for 
God knows how long. Everything that that man gets put on is gold, and uh, he continues to do that here. And is it, I keep is, uh, Alejandro Sanchez. Is he the colorist? Because they're a good team. I David think it is Sanchez. I struggle with this though because I love David Marquez, mm-hmm. but I hate everything that DC's put him on. What is he? What have they put him on? Batman, Superman before, and I'm like, man, I love Batman, Superman. Josh Williamson's great, and then it's a fucking. Uh, a Batman who laughs story, and I was like, "Oh no, get this out of here!" Batman who laughs is the worst. <laughs> exactly, and I was like, "David Marquez," and you know, Batman is let's go, and then I'm like, oh, "I'm gonna go." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they should change his name from Batman who laughs to Batman who's ass. <laughs> Yo, you're killing it. With you know what? No, he, he was all right. He was okay in the beginning. All right, let's let's just give him his props in the beginning, at the very least. I will give him one story, not the 50 that we got with him after. Yeah. 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 Uh, Also, I mean, I'd rather have, like, Owlman. Like, if we want an evil version of Batman, let's get Owlman. Let's get Prometheus, you know? Let's get, like, uh, I have a soft spot for Prometheus. Just because his helmet is ridiculous. And uh, uh, he's he's back in Deathstroke, Inc. And I know that. But, Prometheus is the man. I'm, uh, I agree. Also, he rocks the purple like no one's business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't what did you think of this issue, Dimitri? Of uh, of killing time. Yeah. Uh, I okay. The art is the art is so good to the point where I'm like, it's 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 drawing me in. The art is drawing me in, like to the point. You're it's it's a beautiful person where you're like this person is a quality human being. And then you realize, nah, they got a lot of flaws. And you're like, well, <laughs> they're super attractive to look at, though. Holy guacamole. <laughs> like, you're invited, you're invited to my birthday party, no matter what. And they're like, well, they always get drunk and they, like, piss all over the place. And you're like, well, they're still good looking, though. <laughs> How can I not invite them? You know, so it's kind of like that. It's really attractive art. Um, yeah. The... the I, I know, okay, I'm sticking with it. I know that it's going to make sense at some point. And the question, then the problem is if it does stick the landing and then it loops everything together and it all makes sense, then the problem is that he was writing for trade and not for single issues. That would then be the problem. And that's really like a philosophical, strategic criticism, right? Yeah. Yeah, In the end, it could come back and it's like, it all worked out and this is beautiful. This is perfect. This is genius. But it's it's kind of a slow burn, like right here, basically. Yeah, it's it's not even that. It's like the problem is every single mystery comic is it going to be a slow burn because they come out once a fucking month. Yeah, yeah. You are like wasting my time and money. You know what I'm saying? If the first three or four issues of this mystery are annoying to read and terrible, right. because I'm gonna jump off before that unless I'm like a huge Batman fanatic. Just release the trade and respect my time and money. I think the comparable thing between across these different mediums, because comic books are a medium, right, is mysteries, like limited series mystery shows that come out on HBO Max or Hulu or whatever. And that's the question. Would you want to watch these shows, just binge it? If it's six episodes, do you binge the episode or do you watch it week after week? Uh, Only Murders in the Building came out on Hulu once a week. And then, you know, some people watched it when it all came out, and some people watched it week after week. And it just depends. Hear me out. Hear me out. One, once a week is different from once a month. Very, very different. <laughs> okay, you're once right. A week, you're, yeah. I can keep the information from last episode 
in my head for about seven days and I'm good. This issue had so many moving parts and so many different times that by, if I pick this up next month, I'm going to have to go back and read one and yeah. two anyways. You're, uh, you're right. You got me. You got me on that. And number two, I feel like for a good mystery, each individual episode slash part of the mystery still has to be entertaining if you're working in an episodic medium. Exactly. Comic books come out as issues, so you have to write for that. I really hate when things are just clearly written for the trade, that being, you know, uh, most Jonathan Hickman things, which is why I don't read them in issues. Uh, Because then what am I doing as a single issue? What is the point of me reading this as a single issue reader other than one, if I'm a collector, or two, if I have a desperate need to stay up to date. Yes. Which brings up my point of why I like Moon Knight so much, because every every book is solid on its own. Yeah. And and then if you put them all together in, in one uh, trade, it's even better. Right? Yeah. But so. here's a question though: Is anyone reading Tom King's uh, uh, Human Target book? Yeah. No. Do you feel the same way, uh, Manny B, about about? Uh, Tom King in the in Human Target? No, actually. I feel like each issue feels like an episode in a real way because each issue focuses on something different yeah. and a different part of the mystery that I can like understand and feels like it should be like this sliver. Like, this issue is him doing something with ice. This issue is him learning about the Martian Manhunter thing and whatever we got there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like, it feels like he's genuinely writing this for the issue and to and for you to get it in small bits and pieces yeah but not to the point where you're just like overwhelmed by the amount of information and density because again it's a linear well also like it helps that it's a linear narrative through the whole book yeah you know what i mean whereas this book let's say if one issue were jumping back and forth in time i don't think i would have that big of a deal because it feels it feels like you had a goal to achieve for that issue yeah like that's the jumping back and forth in time issue yeah uh but because every single both issues of this mystery so far have done this constantly mm. and again in a way that keeps too many parts that gives you too many independent parts that you have to like remember for the next issue uh i feel like it works significantly less than like the human target issue because like, like for I'm example human target human target does have an issue that jumps Uh, the psychic episode right the psychic yeah yeah and it was like weird but it came together by the end you know what i'm saying and like i was like i had trouble reading it in the beginning but then by the end i was like i get it by the end of this issue couldn't tell you more than like two or three things that actually happened in this issue yeah and the rest are sort of glazed over i think in addition like that and because of the 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 just like so boring narration that tom king loves to do where he just loves to hit you with somebody speaking in the most plain like not person speak in the world and you're like oh my god if you say bat cat one more time i'm gonna snap your neck (laughs) i uh, i have a couple of points uh i wanted to make uh uh i think that um well first thing i want to shout out vashta uh vashta i met at wondercon he is here in uh on twitch uh, so what's up, man? Uh, give us a follow uh, if you're there. It says first time chat from viewer. Um, he says Hickman definitely writes for the trade, but I love reading his stories. And that, I mean, that's true. I, I just, I mean, I can't not read X-Men week to week. Like I got it. Um, so I'm with you there. Uh, what I also wanted to say is that uh, Tom King's Rorschach, 
I got almost to the end and I have, I stopped. So I do need to catch up and see if it all wrapped together. But sometimes it hurts the brain when you're reading like a 12 issue mystery and you're just like, I don't know what's going on, but hopefully it'll make sense later, but I'm going to try to like outsmart it on the way. It's so, it, it hurts. Yeah. Even yeah. Strange Adventures does it better because Strange Adventure, Strange Adventures is another example of a mystery that jumps back and forth in time that does that over multiple issues. But the thing is, he gives you two fucking time periods. He gives you two very easy to follow time periods. He gives yeah. you like current, like things are going bad past, things went bad, but we don't exactly know what happened in the past, right? Yeah. And here, everything is current, but also not current at the same time because now could mean either right now or five minutes in the future because the next like page is going to be 10 minutes in the past and you're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh i do want to point out that somebody online uh people on tiktok um uh like the female fans were talking basically saying that tom king writes a horrible cat woman because he just always does this meow 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 like oh, he uh, writes that right yeah. so i'm reading killing time uh, I'm reading Killing Time and like, I'm like, well, wow, this is like, she's monologuing. She has a couple of like, like good lines and everything. And then I'm like, well, I, I hope these like female fans kind of like read this and be like, okay, at least like he's doing it here. And then turn to the next page, her and Riddler back to back in back to back cells. And she goes, meow, meow, meow. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, oh man, you just had to, ah, oh, you were so close. You were so close. No, I don't think there's one person in this in the world that likes that. That, that like, likes Tom that King like being like meow meow. Yeah, like why? Except for Tom King. You know what I like? Tom King likes it. It's very like because it's smart, you know? <laughs> She's cat, her name's Catwoman, and she goes meow meow. Oh, I didn't I catch like that. Tom King constantly looks at me and goes, see how see how big brain my story is <laughs> and like everything you does. And like I'm like not even a Tom King hater. I'm like I, some some of the Tom King book really hit for me. Like Omega Man hits for me. Mr. Miracle hits for me. You know, uh, Strange Adventures I thought was really solid. Uh, but when he's not like, wow, this guy's like actually doing stuff. A lot of it is like, yo, I'm too smart for you. Like my Batman run that's like 80 issues. Oh, bro, you don't even know. Right. I really feel like he just can't write Batman because like, like you're saying, you're listening to all these, uh, the Supergirl one, that was really, really great. I really loved it. But anytime that he does anything with Batman, it just, he, it's like everything that, that he does good just goes away. He's like, oh, this is Batman. I can, I got this. It's fine. Yeah. It's just it's Batman. I, anybody right. can write yeah. Batman. I have a <laughs> Maybe theory. that's what it is. Anyone can write Batman, but yeah. I have a theory. Uh, the reason why Tom King can't write a, or arguably doesn't write a great Batman, but writes a great everybody else uh, is because all the other characters that he's worked with are all characters that you haven't heard of doing anything important in the last 10 years. Yeah. So you can do whatever the fuck you want with them. Mr. Miracle wasn't doing jack shit between that and like, what is it, Dark Side War? Don't maybe? blame Mr. Miracle. I feel like you're coming hard at Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle was uh, like, I'm just doing my own thing, man. Like, Mr. Miracle's great. Yeah. I love that character, but he wasn't doing anything before Tom King. I know. Don't make him sound lazy, though. Uh, like, I'm sure he's up to stuff. Vision was like in the background of Avengers stuff. Yeah. You know, that's kind of it. He wasn't a main character in anything. Yeah. Kyle Rayner, uh, Jeff Johns said that guy ain't relevant at all for what, a long time. What did, what did King do with Kyle Rayner? Uh, Omega Man. He's the main character of that book. Oh, shit. I need to read that then because I love, I love Kyle and I miss it's, Kyle. I have strong feelings about how that book is like. That's like. That's, Top tier? Kind of like, yeah. S, really S tier or A tier? I would say that it's like S tier Tom King. It's also like the earliest 
time that you get Tom King doing like a, you know, I'm going to do one of my like 12 issue, like, ooh, stories with okay. a character that nobody gives a shit about. Yeah. Uh, that, let me not say that. People do give a shit about Kyle Rayner, but nobody was giving a shit about him yeah. at the time. And Va- uh, Vash says, uh, Vash says a couple of things, but what, what applies here is Tom King brought back Kite Man. Yes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think Batman, like Batman has such a defined character, right? Everybody knows what Batman and everybody who and everybody in Batman circle sounds like. So whenever you get a voice that's even a little off, it's like so it's clear as day to see it. And Tom King is trying to make Batman into a Tom King character as opposed to writing Batman. I feel like that was the problem. Like, for example, when he wrote Wally and Heroes in Crisis, he wasn't writing Wally West. He was writing Tom King. Right. Absolutely. Right. Uh, did Tom King also write my favorite issue, though, of Batman, where it was the double date? Was that Tom King? Yes. Yeah, how, how come that worked? It's trying a little bit. A tiny little, little yeah, bit. That, like. that's, that's one of my favorite issues of Batman in a long yeah. time, but I feel like also that was because he was like, I'm going to do a two-issue story. Just yeah. Like, we're just going to isolate this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, like, he even writes that, like, really good issue of Nightwing before he shoots him in the head. But, like, the issue right before it, where Nightwing goes to Gotham after Bruce Wayne's been rejected by Selina and they're doing, they're going through the, uh, the rooftops and Nightwing's like, listen, I know you're not okay, even though you won't say it, but I'm saying that it's okay not to be okay, especially yeah. in front of me, like Pops. And you're like, man, there are so many like isolated, like you said, Manny, some isolated moments where you're like, I can, like, like it's there. You, you're almost there. You're, you're right there in the finish line. Just keep going. Just get, but, and then he just turns and. Yeah, well, exactly. Nice. Like giving, giving Selena words and then going meow, meow, meow. <sighs> yeah. Also, did y'all read Monkey Prince? Is anybody reading that? Uh, I did not. You want to talk about it? Yeah, because I feel like it's a book that most people are going to skip over. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I think more people should check it out. Because, one, it's a completely new character. Like, literally, issue one starts from origin story, which I think is great. Two, it's Gene Nguyen Yang, whose work is awesome. If you know him from New Superman, if you know him from Superman Smashes the Clan, mm. you might know him from some of it Indian, from, from some of his indie stuff, like yeah. American-born Chinese. Uh, and this book is about a kid who grew up in Gotham whose parents are supervillains but he doesn't know that they get Batman breaks into his house one day and he is now terrified of everything because Batman broke into his house when he was a very small child and he's like like once you see that yeah. everything else hits different shadows yeah. hit different uh, and it's about him slowly but surely realizing that he is the son of like Sun Wukong the, the, monkey, the monkey king yeah um, he's like a god, and, right? He's like a god, like a fairy tale god character in Chinese lore. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, and it is about him having to overcome his fears to 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 use those powers because he is a scared kid. He's scared of everything, and it's a lot about him. Like, not in, and he's not even that he's afraid to use the powers, right? Mm-hmm. He's just afraid of everything. He got bullied before. In the moment he gets the powers, he starts beating the crap out of his bullies. Yeah. He, and his mentor figure, who is a pig man, uh, he's great. Uh, but doesn't that suck to be a pig man in Gotham though? Because Professor Pig's walking around. Yeah. Uh, you, you know it does, but he can like turn into like a human. Okay. Like, you know, like a like a like like the tiger from Shazam. Yeah, Talkie Tony. Yes, that situation. Okay. Um, and uh, this issue was. Uh, him saving somebody from Damian Wayne, yeah, uh, because he is 
it's it's weird that we have another Gotham superhero and nobody's talking about him because he's like a straight up he goes to Gotham High. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. With uh, Damien, does Damien go to Gotham High? Uh, Damien infiltrates Gotham High. He's a transfer student in this uh, to because there there was some there was some stuff going on in there with Monkey Prince. Okay, so is uh, it is it safe to assume Damien's high school age now? At least a freshman. I want to. I I think. Then we got to push I mean, Tim older. Tim has to. Uh, like I think he just turned sixteen. Honestly. Who? Damien. Damien. If he's not sixteen, he's fifteen. Okay. I, I would say fifteen, considering how he's written and drawn in the Robin series. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh. But yeah, I I I I like this book. I and I, and I'm gonna continue it. I think it's a fun new character. I think it's a great jumping on point for new readers if you want something fresh because. Okay, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to push for this book a lot, yeah. because so many people say, well, why don't you just make a new character? <laughs> yeah. it, it's yeah. it's yeah. like my favorite thing, because people say that all the time, but then they will not read shit like Because this. it's not, they're not truly saying to create a new character. They're saying, get the fuck out of my way. I don't want to, right. I don't want to see this. That's what they're saying. Exactly. We have a brand new character who is not related to any character directly. Batman's a part of his backstory, but he's not like a Bat kid. Yeah. Right. Or he's not even yeah. inspired by Batman in any way. Batman is just a, a character that happened in right. because he lives in Gotham. Right. Uh, and I want to push for this because they're doing it. Now it is on everybody else who talks so much shit about comics, not changing about comics, not introducing new characters to go out and like read this book. Because it's also good. Like yeah. I would understand if it were like a bad book, right? But this is a this is a solid book and a good introduction to a new character. Yeah. Also, this would be great for like preteen. I think this is a great preteen book. Okay. You know is it appropriate? Yes, one hundred percent. I think it's a great book to give like let's say twelve to fifteen year olds who want like a new superhero, but fucking Batman's in it, so right. They they, they have some reference point for that. Right. Right. Is this and, a, is this an ongoing? Uh, I think it's a mini, unfortunately. I think it's six. Uh, let's see. It, it's um, not. It doesn't say of whatever, but I'm pretty sure it said mini. Yeah, it says li- yeah. It says limited, but it doesn't say of anything. Yeah. But if they pull up, oh, sorry, Manny J. Sorry. That literally, I was just gonna say. Hopefully, it does get some traction. And, and... for sure, yeah. uh, I'm hoping they do kind of what Marvel did in the sense of uh, uh, Shang Chi. Um, mm. So I'm like, I'm sorry that I I have to compare the two. But sociologically speaking, these are underrepresented uh, 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 minority groups in fiction, right? Like, we, we, we don't get that. And so uh, Shang-Chi, they came out with, like, Shang, like there was a Shang-Chi miniseries, and then they came out with the full-on series. Uh, you know what's funny about maybe that they might do that. What's up? Also Gene Yang. Yeah, there we go. Same, I mean, writer. it'd be nice if they were like this isn't my token guy he's great at what he does it'd be nice if they were like hey can we can we have more asian writers like no like, dimitri you know that in comics you only get like one or two of each race come on that's the yeah and that's the problem yeah we get, but, we get our two tokens and and that's, that's it, it you know um i i i'd like to think that dc and marvel are slowly changing in that respect so I, i'd like to think too hear me out just you have a i know you have the writers because you're doing all of these like one shots, the Marvel voices, yeah, the DC specials. You don't use those motherfuckers anywhere but there. Right. Mm-hmm. You you take that talent that you show that you show us you have and put them on real meaningful books. Don't like, just put like, them on the minority special. They should do, uh, kind of yeah, kind of how they did like the Stormbreakers and they did something before that. 
like, hey, here's voices, here's comunidades and all that, here's these new writers, this is their introduction, and now in the following year, this here are their actual stories, here are actually books that we're going to give them, instead of, hey, we, we did one thing for that month, and that's it, we're yeah. good, you know, so, um, uh, I, I was trying to make a bigger point with some of the, something, but I'll, I'll come around to it. Uh, Manny J, I want to know uh, uh, what you read. I mean, we were talking about DC, and, and the only DC books that I got were uh, Batman and Batman Beyond Neo, and both of them, unfortunately, they were pretty disappointing. Were they? Okay, uh, let's talk uh, Batman 122. Uh, I was going to bring it up because Robin is in it for a split second, and he looks older. Like, they're drawing him older now, yeah. um, which I think is interesting. It, we'll see how that works. Go back and forth with Robin. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. But... Um, I, I don't like to talk bad really about artists because, you know, every single artist out there could do hundred percent better than I could, mm -hmm. but uh, Howard Porter is just not my favorite artist at all. And, and in this, he just made everything look. Howard he, Porter. He really I, to make Batman look vicious, right? Like it's like, you don't have to try. It's Batman. Like he's, he's already ruthless. You're right. Dimitri, that was Howard, Howard Porter. Porter from J the JLA and like the flash stuff and yeah that. that's where yeah. I know Howard Porter from yeah yeah, yeah. um but rough. did Howard Porter do flash year one that one run yeah. where with Barry and the whatever I hated yeah. that art uh, <laughs> I like Howard Porter to an extent like I do um it's not horrible art no. it's just rough to look at honestly some at some points yeah and and this story really I, I can't even remember everything that happened but I want to say at the very end, um, spoilers, obviously, but uh, yeah, they, they show him going back to Talia, and that, that was just weird. That oh, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. And I don't know. The story, the story is supposed to tie in the Shadow War, but it really did nothing to, to tie it in, other than the fact that Talia is in it. Um, the Shadow War is, 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 seems really interesting. And in, in the very first, the Alpha one. Yeah. Great book. That one that was, was good. actually my top pick of last week. Um, why am I getting Howard Porter and Dale Eaglesham mixed up? I love Dale Eaglesham. I don't know who that is. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, I forget what, what, uh, okay. He did Villains United, which is the book that I just pulled out. Um, and he also did, uh, The Flash. And so then Howard Porter, uh, yeah, Dale Eaglesham did The Flash, right? For a Howard little bit. Howard Porter did The Flash for a long time. Howard Porter did The Flash. And I like that. Yeah, he, he did it back when the Wally days. He did it. In I like his Wally days. days for a yeah. little bit. Uh, yeah, and he's and also, I think the the one that I really recognize him from was when he did JLA with Grant Morrison. Are you talking to Howard Porter or Dale? I'm talking about Howard Porter. Howard Porter did it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I was fine with that. Like, did Howard Porter do the one with Connor Hawk versus the Key in Grant Morrison's run? Uh, where he's like in the uh, in the in the satellite in the watchtower. Yeah, 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 that was him. Okay, so I'm cool with that. I'm cool with all that. But has he not just been good recently? Not I didn't I even know. hate his Flash stuff. That like his his recent Flash stuff. I didn't even really hate that. But I was never the biggest fan of Howard Porter, even from his JLA time. Oh, okay, fair. Um, kind of how we were shitting on JRJR earlier before the show started. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, Jr. R. He he has his own place. <laughs> hate 
Like, yeah. <laughs> he, he's in a league of his own. Yeah, that's fair. That that's fair. That's right. No, Howard Porter is no JRJR. No, in, no, no. in the best way possible. Absolutely not. Yeah, in the best way possible. Uh, somebody who I also got mixed up, and maybe because I'm just getting them mixed up because they've all done flash runs, is Scott Collins. I love Scott Collins. Mm-hmm. Different, like guy. very different guy. Yeah, very, very different. Honestly, very different. Uh, okay. All right. Fair. The Scott Collins in a in Blue Beetle in the mm. in the New Fifty Two. Yeah, yeah, Rebirth. Yeah. 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 Again, not horrible, just rough to look at sometimes. Yeah. You know. Um uh okay, so so Batman 122 uh has two stories, right? It has the second uh story what's the good. second story? I forget. I, I remember that I liked it. But I can't think of it. I yeah. Manny, Manny B, did you read it? I, I'm I'm off the main Batman books. Okay, I mean I think Batman's <laughs> coming back. I think I I really like Batman right now. This issue was whatever. I do also like Talia and Bruce together. I just I hate them together. I, I like <laughs> well only if it's good Talia. Like I like good Talia. I don't. She li- sexually assaulted him. I don't agree with that. That was canon. a retcon. That was a retcon. It was it, it was it was a retcon that made it canon, and they never acknowledged how terrible that was. They have never acknowledged it. Period, and that's the most infuriating thing ever. And the fact that Bruce goes back to her every time, and we never got either the retcon of that retcon or an acknowledgement of the fact that it happened and it was terrible infuriates me to this day. That's fair, but also it shouldn't have been canon because in Bride of the is it Bride of the uh. Son of the Demon, Bride of the, Son Demon, of the Son, Demon, Son of the Demon. Uh, they were in love, and they should have been, and there should not have been an assault. And Damien, they like retconned it where Damien was born out of a test tube, and it's like, what? Why? Uh, not a fan of that. So the point being is, maybe I just choose not to acknowledge it. The <laughs> the, the backup story here is, uh, Deathstroke has been sent to Gotham to assassinate Robin. Right, it's the first time that he meets Deathstroke, Batman and Deathstroke. That's, yeah. I guess a new, a new first time. Yeah, the the art, the author, or the it's Josh Will, Josh Williamson, and the art is Trevor Hairseen, who did DC East, right? Uh, yeah. one of one of the DC East things. Yeah. Um, and so I like the art here, and Deathstroke's in his classic pirate boots, uh, kind of uniform, which is kind you of mean cool. the best Deathstroke outfit. Do you not like armored up Deathstroke? It's it's fine. It's modern. Like like it has to be that way. Uh, but the Deathstroke for me is always going to be the one uh, from the specifically the Jeff Johnstein Titans, where you had him drawn in a modern style, but he still had the classic getup. Right, the Buccaneer That's, boots and the and that like two the two thing yeah. like the whatever it's Strands. called. The well, tassels here. Yeah, the tassel kind of the thing where yeah. it makes sense if you're if you're pulling a mask behind you and tying it like Ninja Turtle style, but he has a full head mask with the thing. So I, I don't know where that's coming from. He just wants to have some effect, man. He, like yeah. he wants when the wind blows, he wants people to know that he's there. Well, that's why the <laughs> artists, that's why artists do that, right? Like right. artists purposely put little like a cape, for instance, to show direction. But I don't know. It's just kind of funny. What I what I really liked about this uh, second story is that they made the that one Batman joke, Batman and Robin joke, canon of why Batman is in black and and uh, Robin is in colorful colors. Right. Uh, they, they, um, 
Gordon is the one that's like, why are you wearing black? And like, they literally just say, he's just like, why, why is he in bright colors? Yeah. And, and, uh, and you're, you're in black. And he's like, basically because he's bait. <laughs> well, no, uh, Batman doesn't agree that he's bait. Yeah, but that's what Deathstroke says. He's like, hey, I respect you the most because of what you do with Robin. Like, yeah. what you. <laughs> oh, what you yeah. You're right. Deathstroke does say that. Yeah. So, like, I thought that was pretty funny and uh, pretty creative. I mean, take, taking a joke and, and putting it in it, kind of like how um, Bru- um, Redondo. Bruno he, Redondo, uh, yeah. Yeah, Bruno. That, uh, he puts all these little Easter eggs in all his drawings in Nightwing. I love it. Yeah. Uh, also, I like Deathstroke being a dick. Absolutely. Um, uh, speaking about being a dick, I do want to talk about uh, some big stuff that happened on the X-Men corner. Did any of you guys read any X-Men related stuff? No. <sighs> I mean, look, if it, if it wasn't for Wonder Woman Historia, X-Men Red would be my, my uh, uh, pick of the week. Um, we're dealing with Mars. We're dealing with with the Araco people on Mars, which are like the, the other mutants. There's mutants of Earth and there's mutants of Araco, which have been separated from Earth for a very long time in another dimension. They're warlike, but we're seeing more depth and nuance from them. Um, and Ara- they've renamed Mars to Araco. Um, and uh, uh, I pronounce it Araco and not uh, Araco because the people of Araco are called the Araki. And if you go with that it'd be the iraqi and they're not from iraq the country so i just want like that's my own personal head thing arako araki anyway magneto has has exiled himself to uh to arako um after the events of um of uh uh what after events of what no it's uh it's uh inferno Mm. Yeah, after the events of Inferno, their 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 machinations have gone public to the Quiet Council, and the Quiet Council's like, you've kept this from us this whole time, and so this is like the death of Krakoa. Like there, you know. So Magneto's like, hey, I'll just be an exile from from on Mars till I die. Storm is regent of Arako, um, um which is like queen, but she's like, I don't want to be queen. I'm more than just a queen. And so the supporting cast for this book is Thunderbird, who is a big dick. He's just, he's also huge. I didn't, I never realized this, but like Thunderbird, I mean, both James Proudstar and John Proudstar are very big human beings. They have to be like six, five, six, seven. Like, um, and, and like, I don't know. The supporting cast in this, it's, we got Bobby DaCosta, uh, we got Magneto. We have this new mutant that doesn't have any powers, like on Araco. And like Magneto's like, you're human. And he's like, no, I'm just a mutant without powers. You know, I'm I'm Ara- I'm I'm Araki. Like you can't he deny has, me that, you know? He has the X gene or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Some people say online that he could have a passive power that, that even he doesn't know about. We don't know. But Magneto is kind of friends with him a little bit. Uh, and then uh, uh, Gabriel uh, Summers, Vulcan, is like starting shit because he's like, I used to be the emperor of the Shi'ar empire and like, you need to bow to me and blah, blah, blah. And Thunderbird goes, he goes, he goes, do you know Scott Summers? You said your last name Summers, you know Scott Summers? And he's like, yeah, it's my brother. And then Thunderbird just decks Gabriel being like, 
fuck it's it's blacked out but it's fuck scott summers <laughs> and like he takes a chair and he like it's like pro wrestler style he just oh hits gabriel God. on the back of the head and like it's super cool uh super bad but like also like for his you know people liking him or not uh but yeah so i think he's gonna join the right. team in this uh and then at the end storm is like i'm more than just a queen this is more than just a new x-men team that i'm creating because uh, Abigail Brand is creating her own team uh, for Sword, uh, she says we're the Brotherhood, oh. and so wow. Storm Storm has a new costume that is also just just so happens to be super hot. But you know, um, it's Mars. Yeah, and so it's the Brotherhood of Mars. X Men red like Mars, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it's big brain. Yeah, that Tom King sent him <laughs> that note to the. Room. <laughs> like, yeah this is what you should call this series <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah i'm digging it i i posted a panel on on the king's instagram of of thunderbird decking gabriel so i think i saw that yeah yeah it's amazing art also bobby DaCosta is smarter than he looks like he's proving like a good strategically so you know that's x-men red so i just wanted to i just wanted to shout that out um what else you got? Uh, did you guys read? Spider Punk. I uh, wait. What'd you say? I said, was that good? Spider Punk. Let's talk about it, Manny. I liked it. Uh, it's a solid first issue. So, mm. uh, Spider Punk and Captain Anarchy, because we got to stay very on brand with this universe. <laughs> of course. Uh, Who's Captain Anarchy? Captain oh, America. America. Okay. Yeah. It's like the A, but it's like the A. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is Hobie. They, this is Hobie, right? Yes. Uh, and Captain Anarchy is not Steve Rogers. He is a another. A, I don't think I don't think they give him a name, but he is a, a gay indigenous man, which mm. I thought was very very interesting. Okay. But uh, the idea is, in here is that uh, Craven and the Hunters, uh, Craven and his gang, is all, it a band? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> it's like not a band, but it's a band. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, because that's the aesthetic <laughs> of this universe, right? It's like yeah, it's punk bands versus corporations, right? Kind of yeah, is the premise of this universe. For the most, yeah, and and like the end of this issue really ties that together. But uh, they've been given weapons that they shouldn't have. Uh, uh, Toby Brown is like, y'all really shouldn't have this. He goes to Riri Williams, who is a big part of this book. Because the, the heroic trio in, in here is uh, Ironheart, Captain Anarchy, and Spider Punk. Is she still Ironheart? Uh, yes. I, I don't think they give her another name. Okay. Uh, although she should be something else, I feel yeah. like. Her, her, her suit is different and it looks cool. It's got spikes on it. I feel like it should have yeah. been like Metal Heart. Metal. Um, here we are. Yeah. Just call her Iron Maiden. And, Iron you know, Maiden. Oh, I mean, that just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, but <laughs> there it is. Um, but they realize that uh, also the Craven and the Hunters are Nazis. Uh, oh shit! Oh, yeah. so, just by the way, I didn't. Uh, that's, I mean, they're in the lead there, man. Yeah. Uh, punks punching the shit out of Nazis. A uh, uh, classic. Yeah. Uh, but they realize that uh, these weapons were given to the uh, uh, the Craven and the Hunters by corporations to basically tear down this neighborhood and kill Spider-Punk 
Uh, it's basically Spider Punk and his crew versus gentrification. Right. Um, the the art's really good. Uh, the story's like, all right. I I feel like I don't really know. I don't really know about enough about these characters yet to really care about them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're because we're jumping like straight directly off of all the Spider Verse shit that happened. So they're not going to reintroduce this character at all. Uh, it's just, yo, remember that time that like me and a bunch of Ultimate Universe Spider-Men fought some dudes? Yeah, that happened. Moving forward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. It's not it's not like a great book. It didn't blow my mind, but it gave me enough that I was interested and I like the aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, I do. I want to do a shout out to Cody Ziegler, the writer of Spider Punk. Uh, he he had a he's a podcast producer. Uh, 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 he he was like a, a writer uh, for a lot of different things. Writer, director, podcast producer. He wrote for Rick and Mor- Morty. He's writing the She Hulk uh, show um, with with another team of writers. Zeb Wells is there too. Um, but Cody, uh, uh, I, I had first listened to Cody Ziegler when he was on the Daily Zeitgeist. Um, so shout out to Daily Zeitgeist. Um, uh um what was i uh what was i gonna say oh anyway um he's he's black he's writing uh hobie brown as spider punk um and uh this is another good example of like you know uh he essentially created a new character right so like support the character if you want to support the character spider punk specifically uh i'm excited to see where that goes i have not read spider punk one but i will oh yeah i think it's worth reading and uh, I think it's a nice departure from the rest of the very continuity-laden Spider books, right? Uh, it doesn't feel like you need to. You don't need to. You don't need to know anything before jumping into this book. Just right. right up. They'll like mention that you know the Spider Verse thing happened before, but it's not put in any prominence. He's like, yeah, me and some other Spider Men did some stuff, but uh, it's more just like, boom, uh, we're doing a story in this world. So right. Beautiful. Right. Hopefully, when they collect it in trade, they collect that Edge of the Spider Verse uh, mm-hmm. issue where he gets introduced. Because I feel like that would work perfectly with that, and then you know whatever this. Because there was like a there was an Edge of the Spider like one shot type thing, right? There's like a one yeah, story that, that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel like that would be perfect to if, if you're going to do a trade of this, that would be perfect to include at the beginning of it, or you know, at the end. Yeah. Like the like they ever so often do the like an old issue to something. I think that's that's gotta be the one for this. Okay. Do we gotta maybe we got like five more minutes as far as this is concerned, then we'll move on to independence. because uh, I know that you guys read some, and then uh, uh, we'll go over closing uh, closing talks. Uh, Devil's Reign Six. We, we gotta oh, talk about Devil's oh, Reign because oh, I can't believe we haven't talked because about it yet. Devil's Reign finished off its six issue uh, uh, event with some some big big things. Chip Sudarsky finishes this off. I don't know what Chip's moving on to. It's moving on to Batman, right? He's Batman and he's doing another Daredevil series. Is he? Yeah. Oh. He's going to be writing Daredevil and Batman at the same time? Yeah, hopefully he doesn't like cross streams. Yeah. <laughs> right. They both have like Black Cat in one and Catwoman in the other. <laughs> uh, you know, but not pulling a Tom King. They're going to actually speak English. That's cool. Um, but uh, how'd you guys feel about uh, Devil's Reign? Uh, Manny J, you want to you talk about it? I, I loved it. I honestly, I was surprised. Um, yeah, we are doing spoilers for this. I, I'm yeah, confused. I mean, yeah, on this show, we we pretty much do spoilers, you know, okay, but sometimes for each other, we're like, eh, well, yeah, right, right. No, but we all read this, so yeah, 
I I was very surprised that Kingpin got a, a happy ending. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he, he's like, he learned his lesson. Uh, they truly showed how how evil he was with the uh, how Daredevil was like, hey, think about all your sins, and he's like, yeah, done. Okay. And doesn't he say that? yeah? Like doesn't he say like, yeah, he's done? Like, done? Yeah. And he, he had like a, a a fear for like two seconds. He's like, done. Well, he, that's the thing about Kingpin. He's not insane. He's almost like he just justifies everything. He just justifies yeah. everything, right? Yeah. And then, and then after that, he he learned his lesson. He's like, you know what, Matt Matt's gonna do his thing. I'm gonna continue doing my thing. I have my son here, and he they're kind of setting up his son to be the new kingpin to do whatever other storylines in the future. Yeah. But he's like, I'm gonna sell into the uh, sunset with my girl, and that was it. I was like, damn. I I love yeah. how it ended. I love how it ended where Butch was like, yeah, I'm alive, and then it's like. What? How is he alive? And then he gets taken because Butch was supposed to be killed, right? By the one, by the one lady. Uh yes. No, uh, I thought Butch was supposed to kill her. Oh, maybe he did. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so sorry. Uh, I mix that up. Uh, I, I think she's still alive. It happened off camera, like it happened yeah. off panel. We don't know if she did or not. Yeah. yeah, but then he brings them to the two rich people who have always been a thorn in Wilson Fisk's side. Uh, uh, the super rich, right? They're like so well connected that like nothing can harm them. And then they're like, hey, we'll make you president. How about that? We'll do this. And all you got to do is just kick up, you know, just do what we say and blah, blah, blah. And then Kingpin's just like, I work for no one. He kills the guards. He kills them. Like, he gives King, he gives uh, Butch the the keys, essentially. And then he sails off with, uh, with Mary. I think it was pretty predictable as well with like Matt, like, you know, he's all angry and stuff. And like, no, this time he's pushed it too far. I have to kill him. He's like, you're not going to kill him. Don't, don't even, <laughs> don't even try. Like, you're not, right. you're not going to. And, but you know, it, it was still a really good fight. I think uh, I'm so, cause he's not super strong. He's, he doesn't have super strength. Fisk? He should, yeah. No. Uh, um, Matt. Matt. Yeah. But then he took that punch from Fisk pretty well, honestly, like he's, he was able to like move around, grab that purple man stick yeah. and stuff. That was, that was a really intense fight. Definitely. Uh, and uh, we have Luke to look forward to as a mayor. Did he win? Did Luke win? Uh, he's, he's running on a post. That's true. So, all right. Yeah. So that, that, this is a good, this is, I would love a Luke Cage mayor uh, series. I think, I Just, think you might get a mini out of it. I mean, I think he should get, like, Luke needs an ongoing, and I want them to actually deal with that real-world problems, you know? He's going to be mayor of New York. Let's change things. Can you, can one of you explain to me how Luke was able to overcome the Purple Man's influence? It was a great epic scene, but it's like, how? Well, I think what we've seen is, like, repeated... I don't know about Luke's uh, relationship with Purple Man, like Jessica, but Jessica, at least, I don't know in the comics, but in the show, at least, she's able to not have, like, follow his directions because she's immune to it after so long exposure. Okay. So it might be something similar to that. I don't know. May- Manny B, you got you got an idea? I, I have no idea because I've never seen that happen in the comics at all. Uh, my, my Doom, Doom, like- Doom, uh, Doom has strong enough will that Purple Man doesn't affect him. We've seen is that like before. A, is it like a will situation? Because remember, like the the purple, like kids at least, influenced literally all of New York. Right. Every single person in it. Right. 
and it didn't falter once until Matt like broke that. So I feel like it there's there's some inconsistency there for sure. I mean, I think it's just a it's just a way of this happens with Batman all the time with like Scarecrow's Fear Toxin or Mad Hatter. It's just a like how OP are you? You can you can uh you know psychic stuff doesn't affect you. It's kind of like that. It happens with X Men a lot where it's like you could be psychic, but like I'm just gonna kick your ass anyway, and you don't you can't tell me what to do. So I think I it really goes that thing. I figured it out. Yeah. Okay. So because Luke Cage was an Avenger for a very very long time. He had psychic training to avoid psychic attacks from people like that because a lot of other street-level superheroes weren't Avengers for years slash leading Avengers teams and shit like that. But Luke definitely has done all of that. So we can assume in that time with one of the many people on those teams, he got that kind of training to be able to avoid that. Yeah, but weren't there other Avengers in this fight? Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, I think it's just Luke is not going to kill that kid. Yeah. Unbreakable skin, unbreakable brain. That's, that was literally my my only guess. Like the, <laughs> the most thing that I the most feasible answer is he's got this unbreakable skin that that he's able to at some point control his uh, psychic barriers. I guess, but I mean, I guess you could say he went through psychic training. I think it was just an exercise in showing how good of a man Luke is, even he's if it's inconsistent. Right. Even if it's a, even if it's inconsistent, it's them being like, yeah, no, Luke Cage can't be bought, you know? And you know what, if we do get that miniseries, they might explain it there. It's like, hey, him talking to Jessica, like, hey, I was able to do this. And I I don't know, I felt like I could blank and and then they explain it. Uh, Right. Right. If anything, I think everybody deserves some kind of plot armor. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) everybody gets one at least. Right. Right again, Batman gets it all the time. Yeah. Like every other day, <laughs> Batman gets it. Like it's like anyone trying to do a psychic attack. Batman's like, I've trained for years in secret. <laughs> ha ha! No psychic attacks. I knew this was a dream the whole time. I now you're in the dream. Like that's classic, <laughs> classic Batman plot writing. You're in my dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. <laughs> no. But no, it was, it was definitely a pretty good issue. I, I would say it's a good ending, an angle a issue by itself. It, yeah. it is what it is, but it was, it was a good wrap-up to, to the event. And we're still getting a Devil's Reign, like, Omega. Oh, really? Something, so. Oh. Uh, I feel bad that Mike Murdoch died. I just feel bad for, bad for him. Yeah, but I was also, like, like, the emotional side of me, I feel bad. You know, this guy died for no reason, and yeah. he just wanted to be a good friend to Butch and everything. Yeah. But the other side of me is like, you, the way that you were created, like you shouldn't have been around to begin with. So how dare you? You feel that way about the clones? <laughs> I like feel all that the clones? way about Ben. I feel that way about Binary from from Captain America of Captain Marvel. Uh, they don't. I feel ex- that, like, that they don't deserve to exist. Not that they don't deserve to exist, but if something happens, well, you know. Oh, they're they're less than human to you? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want my mic, man? (laughs) Uh, I'm just just saying, I'm just, I feel like that's a whole another another, uh, episode all in of itself. Like, let's talk about the morality of of how, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to. Look how they're treating Ben, like right now. The way they're treating Ben uh, Riley 
wouldn't you rather him have died a heroic death than the way they're treating him? Right. I don't, I, yeah, I didn't like that. So I'm with you. They bring Ben Riley back every 2.5 years just to make sure you remember that he existed. (laughs) He had a cool hoodie. And also, we're going to make him an asshole again. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. He's like, hey, I'm a hero. Uh, No, never mind. They even, they even (laughs) made, they even like redeemed Kane's character just to shit on Ben. Like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. Kane is a good guy. I don't even know if Kane's still alive anymore, but still, um, whatever. Uh, let's talk about the the indie comics real quick because I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, 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 you know, uh, gloss over kind of. Uh, you guys said that you read a, a good amount this week, or at least three. Did you guys read three or four? I'm not quite sure. I read three. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Manny B, what'd you read? uh little monsters number two you want to talk about that real quick yeah this is jeff lemire and dustin Nguyen, who uh you may know that you may know that team from descender and ascender which was their uh uh sci-fi book from like literally right before this uh this is a post-apocalyptic horror book with vampires uh but we're still focusing on kids because that's jeff lemire's whole brand whenever he does something like this Mm. um why what was the previous thing what is he uh descender Sci- sad sci-fi but with children sweet tooth post-apocalypse oh, yeah. focusing on a kid uh i think that lemire's uh like whole thing is working with uh characters who he can break emotionally in different and interesting ways mm. uh in this book we follow a group of kids who are in an abandoned city uh who are vampires but we all we know we like we we could have guessed that, but we don't really know that. Like we know that they they can't get hurt, uh, right. and we get little snippets of one of their backstories, but not a lot. But in this issue, it really comes to a head when we see a uh, they see a person for the first time ever, basically outside of their little group, uh, and one of them decides to uh, drink for the first time, and he's like, "Guys, you would not believe what I just had. It's rad. Like, let me show you." Yeah, and that's sort of what we're moving. His his nose, like it was great. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but he really so is like having a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. This seems like uh, this seems like it's gonna be, uh, you know, a little thirty days a night, a little children of the corn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm here for it because these two issues have been, uh suspenseful and interesting he set up and he set up the mystery well and this issue was really really foreboding and i love the tone that he is building in this so, all right here all for right. It. uh manny J, did you read any indies yeah um other than little monsters which i agree with everything you just said uh radiant red uh, okay that one's the uh, the spinoff from radiant black yeah and it's just a five issue series uh dealing with satomi who is the radiant red person and uh we did get a back issue before of, of her being um, like in trouble financially and like why she did the, the things that she did, which was like Rob Banks. As soon as she got her power, she immediately started robbing banks and stuff. Yeah. And in this book, she kind of is dealing with that fallback. She doesn't want to be that person. She's a, she's a teacher. You know, she's a good person at heart, but she is in a, in a bad zone. Uh, her husband is a, a gambling addict. Oh so yeah. She needs to kind of like crawl her way out of this and here's a an opportunity for her and it's it's not a very heroic opportunity so is she going to take it is she going to after reading this i'm i'm thinking it's going to be kind of a double cross like she she is in this 
position where she's desperate and she does appear like she's going to be following this person uh, to do whatever heist or in jobs that they want her to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think by the end of it, it's going to be a double cross of like, aha, I got you. I don't actually need to do this. And I'm a hero. All right. I'm part of the Radiant Blacks. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't care too much about Radiant Red. But I do really love this universe. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely going to read it. I'm going to finish it, the series. And hopefully by the end of this, I have a different opinion of her. Yeah. Uh, Image is really putting their faith behind this uh, this super massive universe, right? Absolutely. They got so many different things coming out. Lucky Dead, uh, Rogue Sun. What's Lucky Dead? It hasn't come out yet. It oh. was announced at the end of Supermassive. It's like a little... Like at the end of Supermassive, there was like a little one-page spread of, of this group of people, like four or five... And then, and then under it, it just said lucky dead or dead lucky. One of the other. It's okay. Like, it's dead lucky. Okay. Um, Cause they have rogue sun. They have radiant right. red, radiant black. Uh, they have Infernal girl. And they pink and Infernal girl. Infernal, Infernal girl red. Yeah. Okay. And then they're going to have dead lucky. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I read, I read this issue and I'm sort of on the same boat as you, uh, Manny, where I, I, I like, it hasn't really grabbed me yet. But I'm like behind uh, this universe, and I, and I am also going to read it till the end. Uh, like it's not bad by any means. Uh, I think it's just like it's just all right. It's just a just a, a thing that we like have seen before. You know what I mean? I think that's 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 I think what for me at least what yeah. it is is that I feel like I've I've seen this before, and I'm waiting for this miniseries to sort of take it take it someplace else. Right. It's a good little block in this in this huge building that they're bring, that they're doing it's a good foundation um that's what i said about rogue son um that i think kyle higgins and this whole massive team that he's doing they're doing a really good job of creating this universe to where it's going to be like dc and marvel where there's batman aquaman uh you know all this stuff but then you also have justice league which is going to be like the radiance and then you can have all these little one-off stories and it doesn't depend on each other and then eventually it's just going to be this huge universe so mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I miss the Invincible stuff. So it's like, this is kind of cool. You know? Yeah, it seems like it's going to take over that. Yeah. yeah. It's been five years, right? Since Invincible ended pretty much. Yeah. So I think what's interesting about this is that Invincible started uh, without the, the feeling that they were going to make it like a universe, right? Yeah. Like it felt like every book naturally spun off from Invincible as opposed to it being like an initiative you know what i mean yeah like astounding wolf man happened but that felt but that was like way down the line guarding the globe uh shit like that right yeah uh, and it feels like he sort of incidentally tied it with the rest of his stuff like brit or whatever yeah uh this feels a lot more like a like a lot more intentional yeah way to, to build the universe which i think can go really well or really poorly because sometimes there is this feeling that you are just doing things to build the universe as opposed to build the yeah. story, which is, I feel like, a problem that a lot of movies are having right now. Yeah. Uh, but I think the main Radiant Black series is so good mm-hmm. that I'm going to be behind whatever else they put out. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Absolutely. Uh, did one of you guys read The Rocketeer? Uh, we got like three minutes to talk about whatever else we need to talk about. Yeah, I read The Rocketeer. Not uh, good? Good? Not good? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you like the Rocketeer, if you're a fan of other Rocketeer stuff, this is fine. If you're not, it's not going to convince you. Okay, fair. Fair. Okay. Uh, and then West of Sundown. Who read that? 
I missed it. Oh no. I, I was yeah, I was gonna read it, but I missed it. Oh, I, I saved so many images that had variant covers. And now I gotta <laughs> just I just gotta play this slideshow with these covers, <laughs> you know, while we're while we're just talking about how nobody read it. Channel your inner Tom King and, and like just narrate the slideshow. Right. What's, yeah. <laughs> What's it about? It's like a vampire thing. Yeah, from what I from what I understand, it's like an old West vampire situation. I was I just saw it and I was like, oh, a new number one. I should I, I probably should try one of these. And yeah, I just, I just ended up missing it completely in reading the rest of the stuff that I was doing. Yeah, it looks like Wild West. I see some like Civil War uh, uniforms. So it's probably post Civil War, during Civil War. There's a vampire girl here. Um, the the cover art looks amazing though. Yeah, that 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 A cover is like gorgeous. Is the A cover the main cover? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Which which one's the A cover? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have the slideshow up? Yeah, it's it's up. It hasn't it's hasn't cycled around because there was a there was like ten variant covers. Oh yeah, this one movie poster looking one, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It looks like a painted movie poster, kind of like a, mm -hmm. almost like an old Gone with the Wind kind of thing. Yeah, that one. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's sick. That is nice. Um, um, but yeah, uh, something that I've realized with this show is that like we'll never get to all, even on a slow week, we'll never get to all the books that that have come out. But um, yeah. books that uh, came out as well. Uh, really quick, I'll I'll, I'll put through um, with the uh, with the slideshow. Uh, we had Batman Beyond Neo Year One. Um, which to me was kind of um, a little confusing. Like if someone was a fan of Batman Beyond, I don't know whether this is the issue to start with because there's kind of a lot different, right? That was, that was my issue with it, honestly. Yeah, like, it was just funny. Just like, this is not what, it, I'm a fan of the show. I became a fan because of that show and this just wasn't it. Yeah, but hopefully it picks up because I, I, I want Batman Beyond to succeed. Hear me out. I think the thing is, that the comics Batman Beyond is so far gone from the show. Like, there have been so many Batman Beyond comics. It has its own, like, huge yeah. continuity. Yeah. So if you're seeing a number one for, you know, a Batman Beyond, you're like, oh, this is clearly, like, based on the show. No, it's based on, like, the, like, 10 years of Batman Beyond comics that we've had. Yeah. Yeah. And my problem with Batman Beyond is that the fact that it's, is it, first of all, is it canon? And if it is canon, then why am I reading Batman? Because... You know, if you're kind of you're telling this future that that it doesn't coincide with what's going on currently in the Batman books, and right. So I, I, that's it's tough to get really into Batman Beyond because it's a future book. I think it's a possible future, kind of like how Kingdom Come was a possible future that became yeah. its own world in the multiverse. It's kind of like that. I think they treat it as in the same way that they do Kingdom, uh, Come? Kingdom Come, where where they're like it could happen or bits and, like, and pieces like Future State. Yeah, or even like that Future's End event that they did yeah. a little while ago and shit like that. Or even, I think that like Tim Drake from the Batman Beyond world appeared in the main DC books for like a second. Yeah, because he was uh, Batman, right? In, in, yeah. in the Future's End. Future's End Batman Beyond was was Tim? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they they keep like, they're very like up and down with it. Yeah. Uh, Suicide Squad 14 um, is is after this whole War for Earth 3, and essentially Rick Flagg is leading the team, and they're doing their own missions without Amanda Waller. That's pretty much it. I don't know if you guys read it, but that's pretty much the gist of it. 
A good cover, the over-the-top thing. <laughs> that's that's funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Deadpool, Bad Blood, not that great. Um, Rob Liefeld. It's Rob Liefeld. The art sucks. Oh, and uh, the, the writing's okay, but I couldn't get past it. It was whatever. Um, Fantastic Four 42 is dealing with the Reckoning War. And uh, it was whatever. If you like Fantastic Four, like continue the story. It is what it is. Uh, Marauders number one uh, is cool. And I like, I just like X-Men and Marauders was good. Cassandra Nova is on the team, which is the weirdest thing. But we'll see how that ends up. Um, I, and then X-Force Annual or X-Force 27. Those were two different things that came out in the same week, which was interesting. Um, uh, Beast is just being a dick. That's all you really need to know. <laughs> it's a summary. That's all you need to know, you know? Um, but other than that, uh, uh, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on this. Um, uh, uh, both Manny J and Manny B, because uh, you guys are awesome. And I never thought I'd ever see the day where there'd be two Mannys on the show. But you guys, you're here. I was thinking next time, if, if it happens again, we need to, the promotional uh, pictures that you have, we need to have someone where we're like, Next time, next time. Uh, Vash is out there. Vash says DC is not good with uh, Future Comics. Future's mm -hmm. End was not that good. And I think we all agree Future's End was not that good. Uh, but he says Batman Beyond and Legion of Superheroes seems to be the only sold solid books that they've ever done. Um, that's fair. And it's different, different runs on different ones kind of hit harder and hit better. Um, I love the Titans of Tomorrow when they used to come back into uh, into Teen Titans back in the in the pre fifty two days. Right. Yeah. I love that team. That team used to inspire me, like like it was the coolest. The adult versions of the Titans. They were they were the coolest. Um, thank you guys so much for for coming on the show. Uh, if you were watching the live stream, you were watching the live stream wherever you get your live streams uh, and wherever you, it is, it's at The Keeg Show. So volume.com slash The Keeg Show is our main platform, volume.com. Uh, they're awesome there. Uh, we're also on twitch.tv slash The Keeg Show. We're on youtube.com slash The Keeg Show. We're streaming to all three today. Uh, and then if you want to listen to our podcast, you can listen to this episode or previous episodes uh, look up the Keeg wherever you get your podcast from. So Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, and some more. I heard we're on some like other apps, and I'm like, I didn't put them there, but cool. <laughs> wherever you're listening to this, definitely uh, uh, say hi, write a review. I want to know where we're at. Hit us up. Uh, we're also on Instagram at the Keeg Show, TikTok at the Keeg Show, Twitter at the Keeg Show. Pretty much the Keeg Show on everything. So definitely uh, follow us. Our schedule is on Instagram. And uh, I do some other videos on uh, TikTok. But Manny, Manny Hundress, where can we find you? Uh, pretty much the same places, Instagram, uh, YouTube, TikTok. I uh, believe that's, that's pretty much it. But at Manny Reads Comics for every single one of those. Uh, I do reviews. I do have a, the weekly roundup for every Tuesday on YouTube where we talk about our top three picks. And I have two other co-hosts. Um, check us out. Right now, we are doing a giveaway. Um, oh, so if you go onto the uh, YouTube um, channel and you leave a comment, leaving thinking uh, with a guess of what you think our top pick is going to be for the next week, and if you're right, you'll get like a point or two. And uh, by the end of the month, so it's, it's going to go all month. At the end of the month, if you get the most points, you're going to win two books, which are going to be announced next Tuesday. 
So this Tuesday coming up. Nice. All right. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, what was the name of that one again? Uh, it's it's a uh, it's on my channel, Manny Reeves oh. Comics, but the the show we call it the Weekly Roundup. Okay. Awesome. Nice. Uh, and then Manny Batista, where can we find you? What do you got coming up? You can find me on uh, you can find me at Manny's Picks on TikTok at Manny's Dot Picks on Instagram. Uh, I do uh, comic recommendations, comic history videos, some manga stuff every so often. We cast a wide net, but it's all comics. Uh, and yeah, I'm just gonna keep posting stuff on TikTok. Yeah, I uh, I saw your your TikTok on One Piece, and it made me interested in um, One Piece because I don't read I don't read manga. I think you'd like it genuinely because I know you like a good ensemble cast. Yeah, like that's your jam. One Piece, so far at least, the hundred out of the nine forty-five uh, <laughs> that I've read. Really good ensemble cast so yeah. far. Yeah. Has Manny J read One Piece? I am completely caught up with the episodes and the manga. Uh, I have so much to say about it, so I'll, I'll leave it until after yeah. the show. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much, uh, both of you Mannies, uh, for coming on the show. Uh, thank you to the people out there for watching and or listening to the show. Definitely follow the Keeg wherever you want to follow the Keeg. We really appreciate it. However you want to digest this show and the other shows that we have. We obviously got Comic Talk on Thursdays. We got the Keeg back, which is our hangout show Friday nights. Uh, we're talking Sonic 2 on Sunday. Uh, we also have the Moon Knight after show that's going on right now, plus Instagram live chats every single week on Instagram. So um, is that enough? Or should I add more shows? Because I got some in the works. We're going to see how many shows I can do before I go insane. So, you know, that's how we do things. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much. Uh, either way, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. This has been another episode of Comic Talk. Take care, everybody. See you next week.